Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another segment of Nexus News. I'm your host, William, and you are? You still don't know who I am? I'm your father. Okay, and I'm apparently here with your father. Uh, we got two things going on this week. One is uh, prayer and worship night. Anything else to add on to that? Oh, yes. Prayer and worship night. Last month we had an amazing turnout, and uh, we're so blessed to have them join us. And we're looking for another wonderful time of just connecting with God, connecting with each other, and ultimately spending some time just connecting with God in prayer. And so uh, we invite you to that. It will be this Thursday at 6 o'clock until approximately 7 o'clock or thereabouts. Hmm. What else we got on the old agenda? Uh, we have State of the Church. You see, doing this whole distance learning thing, my mind doesn't remember stuff well, so I kind of forgot about the State of the Church. Tell me more. Tell you more? Well, on February 21st, we had a little date change. Uh, we needed to give us some, some more time for a business meeting to be planned. And so February 21st, during the church service, we plan on having our State of the Church addressed. And in this, we're going to talk about all the amazing things that we had experienced in 2020. And yes, there was some, and we're going to celebrate them. We're going to also uh, look forward to what we have planned for 2021. And we have a lot of plans, and we're expecting God to move. And so we're going to talk about that. And then, of course, we're going to announce the Swiss Army Knife Award winner for 2020. Yeah! That's right, we've had some good ones, and so we're going to have our latest edition of that. So I hope you can come. We'll have it during our worship service. We'll have worship like normal. We'll have a small message in with it, and uh, we'll add our little business meeting to it as well. We'll keep it short, because uh, everybody likes a short business meeting. That's it for today? That is it, my son. Well, thank you for coming to this segment of Nexus News with your host, William. And your father. We'll see you next time. Peace. We're done here. We're done here.
welcome back, Nexus Church family, to a different little service today. Uh, today we uh, wanted to switch things up a little bit, take a break from our uh, Follow Me series in the book of Mark, and uh, have with me today uh, somebody you might recognize. Hi, my name's Liam. Huh. Maybe a host from Nexus News or something like that. I've seen you somewhere before. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, today I asked Liam to join me as we uh, look into a Bible passage that he would like you guys to hear about. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 5. And this passage is dealing with a healing, a very interesting healing. And uh, why did you pick this passage, Liam? This passage has always, like, it's always just, I always find it interesting. And every single time I hear it, or if I were ever to read it, or even just think of it, I'm like, wow, that happened. That happened. Well, this passage is Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through, we'll read through 26 today. And I'll read it, and then we're just going to talk about it today and hopefully encourage you, maybe challenge you, and uh, help you connect with God. So Luke chapter 5, verse 17. On one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea, and also from Jerusalem. The Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. Since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on a stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, Why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or say, get up and walk. But, so that you may know that Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded, and they were giving glory to God. And they were filled with awe and said, we have seen incredible things today. So what about that passage do you find so interesting or inspiring? I like the face of the friends of the paralyzed man and of how if there was a crowd, they would go up onto the roof and lure him down. It's the equivalent of, you know, going to Walmart and getting something you really need or going to the hospital, but there's such a big line. So you're like, oh, we'll cut a hole in the roof. There were some things that could have happened because of that, I suppose, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, like, did they know the owner of the house? Mm -hmm. Doesn't I don't know. say, but even if they did, 
I would assume that that person probably would not appreciate <laughs> them tearing their roof off. I know you wouldn't appreciate it if someone did that in our house. Absolutely not. I would probably get a little upset. So they took a risk. Mm -hmm. Um, chances are the roof probably wasn't exactly super sturdy. So lowering mm -hmm. a person who weighed, you know, almost a couple hundred pounds down through a roof was probably pretty risky that they could fall through with him. And, um, they must've had pretty faith, pretty good faith in Jesus, I suppose, mm -hmm. huh? that he would actually yeah. do something. Mm-hmm. And notice of how they also risked hurting someone else by trying to save their own friend. Like some, one of those tiles could fall on someone's head. You, it it never mentioned that, but it's very possible that you know there was a widow and a tile hit her head. You never know. She'd been dead, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Huh. So absolutely, these guys had pretty big faith. I would say absolutely. Huh, that's a pretty good mm -hmm. friend, too. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if one of your friends risked their life or risked their reputation to do that for you. I would be very, very grateful. I would be grateful as well. So they, they end up doing it. They got them through the roof successfully. Didn't hurt mm -hmm. anybody. As far as we know. As far as we know. And... Jesus had no option. Like, could you imagine mm -hmm. if you were um, giving a speech or, you know, giving a talk publicly and suddenly you heard commotion and above you, a person is being lowered through the roof. Uh, well, I guess you kind of stuck. You have to do something about it. So Jesus mm -hmm. did something. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing about Jesus that even if he could choose to ignore it or shoo the guy away, he wouldn't. Even no matter how awkward the situation is and pressured you would feel to, like, do it. He would do it anyways because he's Jesus and he does stuff. He, he does, yeah. And he obviously loves every person. Mm -hmm. So he's going to do something. And he saw mm -hmm. their faith. And he said something rather interesting hmm. he said your sins are forgiven oh yeah because weren't they trying to get their friend healed rather than having their sins forgiven yeah why do you think jesus said that well i think he said that to prove to the pharisees of who he was and to prove to all the people around that he was truly the Messiah. That definitely uh, proves something. Mm -hmm. uh, because the, the, the Pharisees, or the religious mm -hmm. people, as, as we refer to them as today, um, they were really ticked off when Jesus said that. They've been dealing with mm -hmm. Jesus for quite a while now, and they had enough of him. In fact, they end up trying to have him killed because he claimed that he was God. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they were so angry that Jesus was claiming to be God? Well, I think it's because um, we talked about this last week, and I don't know how many people have watched the last message, 
But we talked about of how some people are, of how God wants us to be like fishers of people and, you know, and go out and get people to come to him. But most of us are like keepers of the aquarium and we like where we're at. I feel like for the Pharisees that they were very much wanting to keep the aquarium they had and they like their religion and they would be personally offended if someone came and claimed to be that. Like, how do I put it? You know, if there's someone you look up to in a sense and someone comes and claims, hey, I'm this person and I'm cool, you might not be so willing to accept of who they are. You know, it's just, they, they're very happy where they were. Mm. And especially for him to be forgiving sins, that's also kind of, other people would be like, whoa, that's cool. But at the exact same time, this was back in the day before Jesus had been crucified on the cross. Um, so that means they were still uh, giving offerings to God, like, to get their sins forgiven. That was, like, if you mess up and you get tempted to do something that you know you shouldn't do, like, I don't know, steal an apple from the store, you have to make the sacrifice and give a burnt offering. And you might only have one lamb, but you still have to. So for them, that's like, oh, well, these guys just had to lure their friend and try to get him healed, but we have to give up, like, our animals. Yeah, so Jesus claiming to be God was absolutely something that was totally against <laughs> what anybody understood at that time. Only God could forgive sins, and God was not a man. God was not a human being. And so when Jesus claimed to be God, he was doing something that was absolutely against any doctrine that they had. And so this was something that was just not okay for them. This was like somebody walking into a church mm -hmm. today and saying, I'm going to forgive you of your sins because I am God. That doesn't go very well, right? Mm -hmm. And so Jesus was flipping things on their head and the Pharisees were absolutely irate because they could not link the Old Testament prophecies of who the Messiah would be to Jesus. They thought he was going to be, that the Messiah was going to be something different. So Jesus comes and he addresses what was really important. First, he is dealing with the Pharisees and he's telling mm -hmm. the Pharisees that, guys, I am exactly what the Old Testament said about the Messiah. I am that. So he addressed that with them. But also, he's making a point that we talked about last week, that in order to be healed physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, whatever you're struggling with that you want God to fix in your life, you have something first that you have to deal with, and that is your sins. And Jesus address that in this passage, that before I'm going to heal you of your sickness, that, do, that only fixes you here on earth. I want you fixed for all of eternity. I want to have a relationship restored with you. And so Jesus addresses this fact that we need to be forgiven. We need to be healed spiritually.
or anything else. It's pretty cool stuff. And so Jesus addresses all of this. And then, <laughs> after he says, your sins are forgiven, he kind of puts the cherry on top. And what is that cherry? That cherry is, he was healed. Mm -hmm. He got up, he ran off, and he could walk again. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and something I've thought about before, um, I was thinking about this passage earlier, and it dawned on me, what would it be like to be that paralyzed man? Like, is he hearing any of this? Like, what is, what is he thinking? And especially when God's like, or no, I mean, Jesus is like, get up and walk. Like, does he try to get up and walk? Or does he, does his legs magically just lift, lift him up off the ground or something? You know, it's... It's really fascinating to think what's happening in this guy's head. Hmm. Well, he definitely had to do something in order to get up. Like, eventually, mm -hmm. he had to try and move. Mm -hmm. So that took some faith as well. So the friends had faith. He had faith. And obviously, he must have been saved in the process because Jesus healed him physically as well. So how can you apply this to your life? I figure that before going to God about my problems and issues or asking him to heal myself with any injuries I have, I don't typically get injured, or anyone else's severe injuries, that I should, you know, come to him about what I've done wrong in my sins and get that, get it, like you said, get saved, like, spiritually in for all eternity rather than having it now. And it doesn't mean, like, be selfish and think of yourself before others. Just thinking of others before yourself is good, but then when it gets to the point of you don't, you aren't personally yourself and you have the face and you believe, but you still haven't come to accept the fact, hey, I messed up earlier, you know, I should have let my sister have the other bagel or something, I don't know. Like, getting that forgiven always helps you get, be able to get a closer connection to God. How do you think you could apply it to your own life? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, today, we've talked about a man who had great faith, had faith that Jesus could heal him. Jesus addressed something that was more important than his physical healing. He needed spiritual healing. And that goes for all of us. Today, if you haven't been made right with Jesus, if you haven't asked for forgiveness of your sins, and as the Bible clearly says, without forgiveness of sins, there is no eternity with God in heaven. If we desire to have that peace of knowing we will be with Jesus for all of eternity, we will in the presence of, of perfect joy, no sorrow, no pain, no anguish. If we want to have joy and peace and 
confidence that we will be with Father forever. We need to turn from our evil ways and turn to God and make him the leader of our life, the Savior, the Messiah. And if we've done that, that is the first step. We get ultimate healing. We get the ultimate of healing of knowing we will be in the right place for all eternity. But on earth, what does that mean for us on earth? What does that mean for us today? If, if we are healed for all of eternity, that doesn't help us today. What, what does that look like? I believe Jesus still wants to heal, just like he did in the Bible. He wants to heal you of sicknesses. He wants to heal you of relational issues, emotional issues, financial issues. But here's the deal. A lot of us, we think that God is just this genie in a bottle, right? Like we rub it, out pops the genie. And he's going to give us what we want. And that's not how God works. You see, God makes very distinct calls in the Bible for us to live a holy life. Not so much that we live a perfect life, but that we live a life that we desire to please God. When we don't, that distances us from Him. And so today, if you are struggling with a wide variety of issues, whether it's physical, emotional, relational, financial, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, in our last song, just take some time and ask Jesus. I'm going to ask Jesus, what in my life do I, have between me and you. Could be a lot of things. Could be a career. Could be sports. Could be a job. I, I could be school. Could be gaming. Could be the internet. Could be bad thoughts. Could be a lot of things. Whatever that is, God will reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you to Jesus. And he's going to work in your life. If you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is inside of you and he is bringing you back to Jesus. That's his desire. He points you to Jesus. So if you are seeking God, he will reveal that. And he will connect with you. And I'm confident that when you connect yourself with Jesus, things will work out. Will it be perfect? No. Will you still have financial issues? Absolutely. Will you still have relational issues? Absolutely. We live in a fallen world where we can't control what other people do. But we can know that God will work things out for good. And we can trust that his desire is to make us whole. Whether that's here on earth or in heaven, he will make us whole. And so will you do that today? We just spend some time with God. Ask him to reveal those things in your life and, and be bold. Be like this man and get lowered through the ceiling and seek prayer and seek healing. See what God might do. If he heals you, awesome. If he doesn't, know that his heart is for you to be whole. He wants you to be in perfect, absolute perfect unity with him. And he's provided a way for that, for you, for all of eternity. So, Liam, could you close us in a time of prayer as we go into our last song? Okay.
Father God, I pray for all the people who are sitting there in their homes today or in the car or wherever they are right now, God, that you will speak to them and give them the strength to come to you and admit they're wrong and admit to you that they messed up earlier or that or just coming to you just because they want to be brave and they want to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, thank you, Nexus Church family online for joining us today for this special edition of our service. Uh, we hope that it encouraged you, maybe challenged you, and connected you back to Jesus as we end our time together today. We pray that the Lord's blessing over you, that he will protect you, he will guide you, and he will be your every strength. We'll see you next week.